0: Every company has one. The place where the hats with the wrong logo are hidden from sight. The empty office where the bags that miss the event date are banished. The storage room where the shirts with the smeared imprints are entombed. It's called the Closet of Shame. And every promotional products distributor has a story about making an unwanted contribution. In this podcast, those stories will be shared and the impact on the client relationship will be explored. The Closet of Shame is available only at Promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's your host, Bill Petrie. And welcome to this episode of the Closet of Shame podcast, where we explore all the things that can potentially go wrong in the world of promotional products. And gosh darn it, there's quite a few. But more importantly, we talk about the redemption That is possibly available when you have to fix a problem that's gone wrong and you're able to save a client. I'm your host, Bill Petrie. I am president of Promo Corner, where hopefully you're listening to this fine broadcast. Promo Corner is the leader in digital marketing and media services to the promotional products industry. And if you'd like to learn more, go to promocorner.com. But we actually have a sponsor. That was just kind of my introduction. We have a sponsor. And we have a sponsor that is the good, good goods at Americana. Now, if you're not familiar with Americana, Americana is your go-to supplier for any shape of product you want at the price you need. We're talking jar openers, coasters, sponges, mats, towels, so many other great products. They have over 200 stock shapes. Not over 100. Not over 150. Not even over 175. Over 200. Stock Shapes to serve, protect, and help you brand. So if you're interested in learning more, and gosh darn it, why wouldn't you be, go over, head over to Americana, that's Americana with two N's, dot com. Learn a little bit more and help your clients share their brand and market their identity. I'm excited today. I've got a good friend on the podcast. It's always fun when I have someone who I've I've shared some times with over the past uh, few years, and and, uh, he's a good time player, man. Again, that's not just reserved for the one and only Kirby Haaseman. My guest today is none other than Roger Burnett. If you're not familiar with Roger, buckle up, because he's going to regale us with some good tales here about closets of shame. But Roger is the vice president of Branded Logistics, of sales and marketing over at Branded Logistics, and they are really focused on my favorite line that Roger's come up with in the last couple of years, the t-shirt or the phone case is the new t-shirt. So really great phone cases, and Roger's involved in that. But something else Roger's involved in, and I work with him on, and I'm honored to do so, is Roger is also spearheading the promo cares movement in the industry along with Danny Rosen, And there's a few other of us along for the ride really looking to impact positive social change through the vehicle of promotional products. So Roger is a a former Promo Kitchen chef, so I'd say a chef emeritus. Is that a good way to call it, Roger? Chef emeritus. How about that? How about that? So, Roger, welcome to the Closet of Shame podcast. Thank you for having me, Bill. Thank you. So... You've been on both sides of the promotional products equation, right? You've been a distributor. You've, you're now a supplier. So you've seen it all. Is that a fair way to uh, assess that?
1: I have been on both sides of the oh shit moment. That is absolutely true.
0: And and you know what? Let's talk about that oh shit moment. So tell me a time, and, and you know the theory behind the clause of shame, Every organization, end-user organization, has some sort of closet that they've hidden away where the bad promo goes, right? The, the logo that was just way too big on the bag, the uh, mugs that arrived that were half broken, the hats that arrived two days past the event date, and they hide that stuff away. We never want to contribute to that cause of shame, but sometimes we inadvertently do so. Roger, give me an example of when you've had that happen to you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> so... Mine is uh, sli- slightly different than okay. the previous closets of shame in that. That's good. Mine was a moment where we were made aware of something prior to it making its way to the end user, so mm-hmm. or to the buyer. So, mm-hmm. um, gosh. Uh, so when I was working for a distributor, I was a member of what was at that point in time the 13th largest prom-
0: promotional products distributor in the country at just over $100 million in sales. By the way, that sound you're hearing is all the people listening to this podcast researching what exactly distributor that was on their <laughs> internet machines. <laughs>
1: uh, the the keys are typing furiously. I guess all they really need to do is look at my LinkedIn profile and they'll be able to figure it out. But Exactly. So, so here we are, uh, number thirteen, and we are in the bidding for what would then be a multi-million dollar piece of program business that was preceded by a bid for four hundred thousand t-shirts. Bill Petrie, four hundred. That's a lot of. It's a lot of t-shirts. Four hundred thousand. So, um. Uh, A nationwide organization that had a program that they ran in the summertime that required all of the members of the organization and the participants of that program would all wear t-shirts. So Mm -hmm. in order to be able to earn the million dollar program contract, one needed to win the t-shirt bid as a Mm -hmm. transaction. So... We were fortunate enough to bid on and win that particular order, and that put us in the driver's seat for the contract. And yet, here we stood, and the train, as you can expect, is headed off the tracks. So, sure. So it, it it does happen from time to time. It doesn't does. It? it does happen, and just to know that it happened to a uh, order of this magnitude warrants a hopefully a spot on the closet of shame. So. So, so, uh, how do I explain this? So, there was a brand new to promo, brand new to promo. This was a largely print-centric organization, but Mm -hmm. the sales teams were afforded the opportunity to sell promo. This Mm -hmm. was no different. They brought us the opportunity, and we were successful, and we bid it, and we won. Yeah, I
0: can already see how this is going to swerve off the highway at, at a pretty a dramatic speed.
1: (laughs) So, huge victory for that team. Really excited. Lots of Mm high-fiving. People may have gone out and drank too much when they won that order, but... Yeah, but now the work really begins, right? I mean, you win
0: the order. That's where the work really begins.
1: Well, and, you know, the the funny part about a promo order is whether it's for 500 or 500,000 T-shirts, the work is essentially the same. The checklist that one would go through in order to make certain that... One would not find themselves in the closet of shame would typically be the same regardless of the quantity of uh, product that's being produced. However, nonetheless, so brand new sales team to promo, brand new account team to promo. So even the customer yeah. service reps were new to the to this product line, which in and of itself presents all kinds of challenges.
0: So Oh, beyond. I mean, absolutely. I mean, this is not an easy industry to learn it's not it's not the most complex but there's so many opportunities for failure yeah uh and if you, and again if you don't ask the right questions and the only way you learn how to ask those right questions is through experience right
1: well or you could be given the checklist and just think you know we got it yeah, this... <laughs> we've got it and lo and behold so uh, fo- my phone rings middle of the mm-hmm. afternoon on a weekday and I answer and it, we're, we're already in CYA. Mm-hmm. There's, I, I haven't even found out what the problem is yet. But here we are. I'm being told we have a problem. The decorator is caused an issue and we've got to take care of this and really so. To, just to explain even more of the complexity of this particular order. So there were seven different logos that represent, oh my gosh. represented the seven different brands under control of the parent organization. Each of those locations that had one of the different seven different logos had a size run. So you're doing, you know, from toddler to super jumbo, in varying quantities, in varying shirt colors, across different logos, across different locations. Just one of the more complex orders that you could possibly think about. And unfortunately, what we found out was because the account team did a poor job communicating with the decorator and the decorator was feeling the crunch over the time constraint to get the order produced, instead of there being on the navy blue shirts by location a Mm -hmm. varying size run what we found out was the decorator just started printing logos on shirts by size so okay so so the mediums were getting one logo the larges were getting another the children's sizes were getting yet another of the logos and we were three hundred thousand shirts through the run before
0: oh, this no. was figured out. <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah. so you're, you're through the run. Now what do you do now? You're, you're three-fourths way through the run. And I always like to say, remember the old <clears throat> Wheel of Fortune when Chuck Woolery was host? Um, they when he used to be the host, and they used to buy prizes instead of getting cash. Do you remember when Wheel yeah. Fortune was like that? Yeah, and he always said this thing: "Hey, once you buy a prize, it's yours to keep. So even if you didn't win the entire show, <laughs> you if got you, got you bought prize. something, you got your prize." And I always imagine. think of promo the same way: "Hey, once it's decorated, someone's paying for it. Exactly. Yeah, once exactly. it's decorated, I can't undecorate it."
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure you can imagine we we ran through all of the varying scenarios. So. How much of what had been printed was usable? Uh, Turned out only about 5% of what we had printed at this point was going to be something that could actually go in a box and end up at the end user's location. Uh, Really, what I had to work backward from was in that moment, you know, the decorators got an issue, we've got an issue, the end buyers got an issue. They don't know how much of an issue they have. They just, are going to find that out so i had to spend the fair amount of the early stage of this uh forensic part of what needed to occur in making everyone stop pointing fingers at one another and sure you know to me what what i tried to express and bill just just to give you some backstory, the decorator the the decorator that we gave this business to when i called him to tell him that we were going to run that job with him he actually cried on the phone Oh, no. And and the reason for that was and we're talking about a decorator who had been in business going on 20 years, he typically would have to, um, for all intents and purposes, lay everyone off during the holidays. And that was just due due to a lack of work. Right. And the difficulty in a a decorators business when you do that is you, you train your employees, you get your staff going to where you want them to be. When you send everyone home for the holidays, very frequently, some portion, some percentage of your staff don't come back. Right. And so he would have to begin anew every year, finding new people, training new people, hoping that they were going to be as good Mm -hmm. as the employees that he had lost over the course of the holidays. So when I told him that I was giving him this order for the holidays, what that meant to him was for the first time in his 20 plus years in business, he was not going to have to lay somebody off.
0: Well, and and you're positively impacting an organization and now you've got this big issue. So what, what did you do to try to fix it? So once well, you found out there was an issue, you're you're three fourths away into the production run. Yep. Now what do you do? Because that is you talk about an oh shit moment. Uh-huh. We're not talking about 144 pens. Yeah.
1: Well, and not I mean, we've, there's a financial implication. Oh yeah. Right. There's there's a there's a, a, a some some degree of what we worry about from a legal perspective, and not to mention there's a fair amount of business on the line when it comes to the customer. So sure the first most important thing i mean really i, I went into triage and oh and cool, I, yeah i viewed it very much like um being in the er right mm-hmm. so so let's get an assessment of what we can and can't do mm-hmm. let's get an understanding of how might we be able to recover in a way that's not going to impact the customer and then we'll worry about the financial ramifications later and uh- Remember, I'm stop you.
0: Can I stop you real quick? Because I yeah. love what you just said. And I think it's an important thing as we as promotional products professionals, we've run into situations where things go wrong. I love what you just said, and I want to explore that for a second. You looked at what we can and what we can't do. And so yeah. many times in customer service situations, all we hear, and unfortunately, sometimes inadvertently, all we communicate is we can't do this, we can't do that, we can't do that. Right. By focusing on what we can do, it completely flips the conversation and I love that you you worded it that way
1: well and and to me it was the difference between there being the possibility of a successful outcome and not really lie in the mindset of what we were going to do from that set that point forward and mm-hmm. you know it was my responsibility in this role right as the director I'm not I'm not the direct salesperson I'm not even right. the, the manager I'm I'm the channel manager in in the company and it's my responsibility to make sure that our channel is successful. So Sure. So my responsibility really was to make sure that we kept everybody focused on the end game including the decorators. So, right. you know, we we spent a lot of time in discussion around let's not worry about what's going to happen to what already went wrong. Let's stay focused on how do we get ourselves over the finish line and then we can look backwards and try to figure out how we're going to handle this thing and and you know, uh, spoiler alert, we we did end up with a happy ending. But So
0: what was that final resolution?
1: <laughs> so, well, really, so first and foremost, we had to get back to the blank goods supplier to make sure that they had that quantity of shirts again. Sure. Which they did, fortunately. Um, I'm sure you can imagine that salesperson was not upset to find out. That they were going to get yet another uh, order not, for them.
0: not not at all. Especially since, hey man, I just sold you the blank T-shirts. It really sucks that uh, you screwed him up, but I'm happy to sell you more.
1: Uh, which side note, interestingly, that same rep um, in the year in the following year, he got quoted for mm-hmm.
0: that order. Oh no, that's bullshit. But that's, that's, t- that's 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 another podcast. Yeah, that's, that's for that, your podcast. Yeah, that's, that's that's a for <laughs> So you're in sales podcast, right? No doubt. Yeah. No doubt.
1: So, so, we were able to secure the blank goods. Okay. Uh, we were able to uh, work with the decorator so that we did not have to uh, contract anybody else. Mm-hmm. We ran uh, multiple shifts in order to be able to assure us that we were gonna be able to recover. And then the most difficult discussion was I, I had to call the customer Yeah. and explain to them that we had a situation, but- Oh, you had a
0: situation on
1: <laughs> But for, you know, I guess, again in, in keeping with kind of the topic of what we're describing we called them and said we've had a situation let us call we want to discuss with you what's gone on and explain mm-hmm. to you what we're going to do and remember we're talking by location uh, sure a, a different size run per box per location so this is incredibly was complicated in really com- making sure really complicated the right sizes yeah well and not to mention the fact that they had some pretty onerous um labeling requirements when it came to what the box needed to say because it was going to a customer run fulfillment center before it was making its way to the end destination so right so fortunately i was able to get everybody on the phone we got kind of settled on what we'd agreed on was going to be our course of action and then i got the customer on the phone and Mm -hmm. i i bill if there was five of us on the phone there must have been 40 of them on the phone. i mean you know yeah. Pro- procurement director, event manager, uh, the distribution people at the warehouse, the buyer, the vice president of uh, procurement. I mean, Obama might have been on the phone. I mean, uh, and the, the <laughs> amount of the,
0: the amount of white knuckling on that phone call <laughs> must have been pretty
1: off the charts. <laughs> and so. What was fun for me was to be able to, to, to not only be able to explain the situation to them and to describe what had happened, but to give them what I felt like was a pretty confi- confident uh, resolution path. And, sure. and really we were only impacting their in-hands dates by about two days. Okay, so, so
0: you were able to deliver it enhanced, and I'm sure that they, hopefully they would built enough fudge room in their enhanced date. So, did it impact any of the actual events at all? Well, so, so
1: so here's how this kind of went down. So, yep. so we make the call. Everybody's on. I'm like, okay, here's here's what I need to explain to you. We go through the explanation step by step, and there right. is what I would call a protracted silence on the other mm-hmm. end of the line. Sure, and. Those of you with iPhones, when you send a message to someone and you get the three dots, right? The mm-hmm. three the three dots often are your whole life is in those three dots when you've had the, the longer playing. those three dots
0: appear on your screen, the worse the message is <laughs> so
1: so in this moment prior to three dots, because this predates the iPhone, but right. in in that moment was that sort of, okay, what's gonna happen? Because I'll remind everyone this was a transaction that, should we be successful, was going to lead to a very sizable program piece of business that we were desperate to get. So Right. Because so this was a conduit to
0: growth. I yeah, mean, yeah. This, a lot of things had to go right. Exactly.
1: So protracted silence, protracted silence, and finally the uh, the head of procurement for the organization broke the silence by saying, well, Roger, I have to say that is much better than what we expected we are in reality not going to suffer at all by virtue of what you've told us and mm-hmm. we could not be happier
0: and see that's awesome and the lesson I'm assuming and you can validate this or you can tell me I'm wrong I'm used to being told I'm wrong that moment where you're like "Do you, how do we manage this and being that transparent because it sounds like you were super transparent you get so much more grace by doing that than by not would you agree with that well, not only that, yeah, and yeah, absolutely,
1: but Bill, I guess to me even more importantly, it was I wasn't afraid to tell you that we'd screwed up. And Absolutely. And not only were we not afraid to tell you that we screwed up, but we didn't we didn't just bring it to you and throw it in your lap. We said, right. yeah, "Hey, we we're going to take care of this. We're going to get it done and we're going to bring it to you and present it in the best possible way and say like how did we do?" And I'm sure you can imagine. I I suspected that what they told us in return was gonna be the case, but so many times what I've seen is when something goes wrong is that the distributor, instead of staying focused on trying to fix what's wrong, will just like, hey, guess what? We totally screwed this up.
0: Right, (laughs) well, here's the thing. It's like what we talked about a few minutes ago. You focused on, okay, here's here's the challenge we've had. We we have an issue. Here's the solution we've looked at every angle, here's the solution we can present. You focus on what you can do, not what you couldn't do. Yeah. And like and, and I think too many people focus on we've had an issue, and unfortunately we can't meet your hands date. Like the client is supposed to go, Oh, well, hey, what if we did this, that, or that? Right. You know, you, you can't put your clients in that position to have to solve the problem you caused. And immediately jump to
1: resolution finance you know sort of who's going to be responsible for what happened and and kind of as a side note to the story bill um i'm sure you can imagine a decorator printing that quantity of shirts incorrectly could easily put that decorator out of business oh absolutely and we were fortunate enough to have been the size of business that we were a hundred million dollars in, in promotional five hundred right. million dollars in total business so that wasn't gonna put us out of business but it certainly had the potential to put the decorator out of business but what we ultimately ended up doing is we gave that decorator more business over the course of the next year so as to help them financially in a way that they could recover from the loss and yeah True partnership, true working together, not pointing fingers gave everybody the chance to come out of that in a way that, that didn't harm anyone. And well, that it, was really important.
0: It is important, and, and that, that is real partnership, right? Partnership's a term that's thrown around very loosely in our industry, as we well know. But, uh, you know, actions speak louder than words, and that was definitely a partnership opportunity. And another thing you said I want to kind of focus on real quick um, before i got a couple final questions for you Um I love uh, I, something I've always said, and I don't think it's done enough. You absolutely explained exactly what I have in my head. Let's fix the problem now from the client's perspective, and we can do a post-mortem later and figure out what went wrong. The end-user client doesn't give a shit what really went wrong. They really just want to know how it's going to be fixed.
1: 100%. Then, that that was, that was absolutely the focus, and I'm sure you can imagine um, – them knowing that we came to the table not only with an explanation of the problem but with the pre-built
0: resolution really Absolutely. I think in a lot of ways made all the difference. It, it does because it settles them. I mean in order that size that complex going to I don't know you know so many locations and so many size variables thankfully they kind of almost expected things might go sideways a little bit so it sounds like they were almost prepared for that but the fact that you went with a solution and one that was far less impactful than what they were expecting huge for them and it just shows the more you're transparent the more grace you end up getting so let me ask you this roger the three t t-shirts that (laughs) <laughs> Where might we find those right now? What happened to them? What'd you guys do with them?
1: Uh, I'm them? guessing I'm guessing if you were to uh, travel to Costa Rica <laughs> and and ch- check out the local soccer teams. I, yeah. I'm, gu- I'm guessing you're gonna find that uh even today there might there yeah. might be some of that particular brand's t-shirts running around the soccer fields of costa rica
0: well and I might be playing the texas rangers world champions 2011 <laughs> team so um i think that's funny so okay roger let me ask you this because that great story by the way and that's one from a sheer size and magnitude as you're telling it i, I my, my hands are getting sweaty you know my palms are getting i i, I feel it because we've all been there yeah What's the one piece of advice you would give a distributor who just screwed up an order and they have to save that client? They need to save that client. What's yeah. the one piece of advice you'd give them?
1: Take a deep breath and stay focused on the outcome. And you will learn more about your partners in the supply chain in a moment like this than in any other moment ever. No question. So in a in a era of... 300 page catalogs in an era of consolidating supply chain on the supplier side, you know, oftentimes I'll hear people ask the question, like, how, how do you choose? Who do you pick? Like how do you know who it is that you're going to do business with when it comes to the commodity space and products that we can, we can buy. And I would say like, ask your supplier questions, like, you know, tell me about what happens when something goes wrong. Who is responsible for communicating that message to me? How will I know if something didn't happen the way it was supposed to? And if you don't get a good answer, that, prob- that probably will tell you everything you need to know about whether or not that's the right choice for you when it comes to a partner. And I think you're right. You know, we, we, were, we were in good shape when it came to all of that. And it was just a matter of having had these relationships built to know that when the chips are down, nobody was going to go running for the hills and you know a lot of times in forums on facebook and things like that i I hear this discussion about how perhaps the customer service levels are dipping at industry suppliers so if that is true distributors Mm -hmm. what more important question for you to ask than how am i going to find out if something goes wrong
0: No, that's a great thing. I'm a huge believer that 98% of the problems in the world, in your family, in your personal relationships, in your professional relationships come down to the simple fact that communication is key. And I think that's a great question to ask is how is that communicated to me? What's the timeline? That's a great, great one, Roger. I, I really love that. So, Roger, what's the worst client merchandise you've ever seen whether you created it or not the worst piece of promotional merchandise you've ever seen <laughs> oh boy my first order ever my first <laughs> order
1: ever was for general motors of all okay. of companies and, nice and being in detroit as i am you know that that's a big deal that we were fortunate sure. enough and it was a small order just coffee mugs for a retiring member of a certain department within a division of the company and coffee mugs that were supposed to say boldly go where no one has gone before and somehow both oh. i and the customer in the proofing process no. failed to realize that there no. was an l missing in boldly mm-hmm. so there are coffee mugs running around general motors that say bold bold, bold, bold boldly
0: Bodley? boldly badly boldly. boldly boldly go <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right Last question, Roger. What product would you never sell a client because you know deep down, no matter how much they want it, how much they desire it, it's going to end up in their claws of shame at some point?
1: Well, really, it's sort of almost anything that I view that's going to be landfill worthy. Yep. And if I have even a hint, a susson of the possibility (laughs) 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 even a susan of a possibility that that whatever it is is going to end up in the landfill i will scratch and claw and fight to try to convince the buyer to please don't don't do that but
0: you don't have one product that you're like i'm never selling that like we know our good friend danny rosen he will absolutely not sell stress balls he just will not do it that's his that that's that's his will not do it what about is there one item you would never do no nope. sell
1: no nope. okay no nope. i'm i'm you know everybody hates pop country but i always say that music is oh it's the beauties in the eye of the beholder so yep. i would not uh limit the purchase of any promotional product to uh something that my own guard would put up but i would i would say what that does then, instead of it being one thing, means that there's lots of things that I won't sell. I that-
0: totally get that, and I think that's a good way to look at it for each yeah. different client. And you know who else, Roger, where the beauties in the eye of the beholder, that's the good people to Americana because you know they are your go-to supplier for any, just about any shape you want in terms of jar openers, coasters, sponge mats, towels. So many other great products, like I said. They have over 200 shapes to really serve and help protect your client's brand. That's a company that's never going to uh, contribute to anybody's closet of shame. There you go. Roger, I can't thank you enough. I always enjoy our conversations. I always walk away learning something. You have a very unique way of presenting things. So uh, on behalf of the uh, four listeners we have of this (laughs) podcast— I want to thank you for uh, sharing that story because it's a harrowing one when you're talking about 300 shirt, or 300,000 shirts. So, Roger, thanks again, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Bill. Thank you for listening to The Closet of Shame. The Closet of Shame is available only at Promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing and media for the promotional products industry.